Hello and welcome to the If We Knew Then podcast. I'm Stephen Socks. And I'm Lori Socks. Today is a great day. And I think that yesterday was probably one of my favorite days in my life because there were so many firsts and so much hope just flourished into the world uh, with all the new changes. And, you know, Kamala Harris being elected as vice president. What a, what a monumental moment that is for yeah, us no matter what your political beliefs are or who you voted for it really is such a historic first and achievement and another historic first came from our down syndrome community chris nickich the first person with down syndrome to complete a full iron man and he did it yesterday and it, it was amazing to watch. it was great it you was could watch so, it live I, I cried. on yeah you could watch it live on on the iron man triathlon facebook page and yeah it was awesome yeah, I, I think what got me the most is just seeing him and his strength. And one, knowing the significance is what he did yesterday just blew the roof off of things that we were told when Liam was born that our son could never do. Not would never do, but could. Like, don't even put it on your radar. Liam's got low tone. There were so many things that with Chris finishing, first he did the half Ironman, but then yesterday not only competing, but completing the Ironman, I mean, changed so much for the expectations that we will allow ourselves to have of our children. He did it. I mean, he trained for a year. I'm watching him going, I'm not running an Ironman. I don't, I, there's no time in my life. I mean, I ran a marathon and that was it. Like I was spent. There's no time that I could have or would have run an Ironman, though the possibility was never taken away from me. What I loved watching was just, other people who finished behind him, you know? that's or people it, that won't finish. I mean, it, you're pushing your body to the maximum. There's people that, are, tons of people are not going to finish that race that started. And training that long with what is thought to be physical deficits. You've always been told that. In fact, he was born with a hole in his heart and had to have surgery. And that, I had, I had mentioned in the podcast episode that we had with them, that's a defective heart that's been corrected, a leaky heart that now is working world class. And filling all of our hearts with oh, hope, right? Fantastic. I mean, it was beautiful. Yeah, it, it, was, was, a, it was a great day of celebration. It went kind of late into the night for, for him. Mm -hmm. He did that. He trained for a year. His father created a system of 1%, just reminding little steps at a time. And I'm always telling Sophia, you know, take baby steps. Just enjoy each step. Celebrate each step and uh, be in each moment. But that's that's kind of at the heart of what I gathered of his program is 1%, improve 1% every day. And that's something I can apply to my life. And even with that accomplishment, he is just one person with Down syndrome that's making an impact. There's so many beautiful examples of what is thought to be overachievement for people with Down syndrome, but it's just achievement. achievement with the idea that you can do it. If you are told you can do it and believe in yourself, then yeah, it opens doors. You keep telling people that they can't and what they can't do. 
it becomes another obstacle. Right. And so today we are filled with uh, hope and possibility. And this episode is dedicated to new parents in hopes to give them some hope and possibility because they're, you know, I know I, I repeat myself, I'm like a broken record, but that was the one thing when Liam was born was there were no hopeful messages, no stories of possibility. And November is the month of giving thanks and gratitude. We are most thankful for this family and our journey together. So the first thing we want to say is congratulations. 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 I'm going to say it again. Congratulations. Right now, if you've received a diagnosis, it may be your child has already been born or you just received a diagnosis in pregnancy. The first thing is congratulations. I want you to hear it. I want that to soak in. Congratulations. And celebrate. Celebrate. Yes, I know that you are feeling, I was going to say you may be feeling a lot of emotions, but when you're pregnant, I know I felt a lot of emotions my entire pregnancies. So there's so much unknown that was just handed to you. Maybe, maybe you already have experience. Maybe it's not so unknown, but I know that our experience was we didn't know anything about Down syndrome. So there were, there are a lot of emotions and we see it. We see a lot of questions out there. We see a lot of hopelessness because that's, that's what we're given, right? And I can say from my side of it, I mean, it's very emotional and very taxing and stressful. And uh, that initial diagnosis process that you don't have to be the one that's pregnant to be emotional. It rocks your world. I think it's so emotional because one, most of this journey is unknown. Some of us are very fortunate to have somebody in our life to guide us or that has experience or knowledge. But if you don't, a lot of the information you receive is negative. And a lot of it is incorrect. I'd say anything that has an emotion to it that comes from someone on the outside, it's just somebody's opinion. Uh, There's because, definitely medical things yes, you know, of course, that are just straightforward and you deal with that and you can have that but with look any at Chris. child. Look at Chris Nickett. Totally. He had a hole in his heart. That, look you know, what he's met- done. You know, I, we did not go through that. No. And so I'm not going to say, hey, you just have a surgery. But there's things to concern yourself about and there's things to deal with, you know, medically, physical things. But what we're coming from is the social and stereotypical things that you hear. And how negative that can be and false. And how they can impact our journey and our celebration. And starting off with pregnancy or, you know, the first days after diagnosis when you don't really know and you and you pull out your laptop and you start to Google Down syndrome and you can get some great helpful information now because there's so many groups out there, but then you can come across some horrible, horrible things. So when you come across something that's horrible, don't even read it. Just turn it off and know that this is your journey and congratulations and celebrate, mm. man, because your kid, just like if it's your first kid or your 12th kid, this kid is going to be amazing. There's a difference between every child that's born. So we just want the message of every life has its challenges. Every child is different and there's, and so celebrate this one, just like you did any other pregnancy, if it's not your first child, and just like you had planned to all along, if it is your first child, celebrate it because, you know, when we talk about 
medical issues, the medical community has come up with so much. We've advanced so far that if you have a hole in your heart, one day in your life, you can run an Ironman. Or Liam was born at 30 weeks, 10 weeks premature. And we were pretty scared of that. And the doctors really were kind of, oh, no, we're, we're okay. We I mean, got like, this. There were we've some seen smaller. Issues. Yeah, we've seen smaller kids and kids born earlier. And so the advances medically have really come around. So we're talking about society. And we found out Liam's diagnosis 10 days after he was born. Some people will find out, probably the majority of people will find out prior to birth. And that remind that makes me think of Melissa Kanock and her sh- shower. Mm-hmm. Her, it was such a beautiful to have her on the episode and what talk about. What episode was that? Twelve. That was episode twelve. Our second interview with her, and it actually focused on her baby shower. Her baby shower. It was really uh, like an awareness, eye-opening, even for us, yeah. two people that are advocates and positive thinkers, and in this subject and here's someone that really comes from such a beautiful place Mm -hmm. she had information at her shower she made it where hey i understand there's gonna be people that don't know things like she didn't know and she just wanted everyone to be on the same page so isn't it better to instead of taking the information and opinions from people who don't know and instead giving them your information right and setting the tone i thought i thought that was brilliant and i wish i built a team between yeah. her family and friends, if this is the, here's the good information I'm getting from the Down syndrome community around her. That was the first thing she did in England as she went out and contacted her local support groups and stuff and got information from them and then just spread that information for people so that people weren't wondering how to act, how to act, what to say. Also, what they knew. And, you right. know, for the most part, what people know is so small and it's it usually is very and people want to people for the most part are com- want to come from a good place or yeah. they are coming from a good place they yes. want to say the right things so tell them what to say say this is the way we talk this is the way i i think no limitations right and these that are the sets a use. tone these are the words we don't use this is all the possibility that my child has and i think that would set a tone for you and for your family and friends but it then translates to the child as the child Absolutely. is raised yeah And so if you get the information, the diagnosis beforehand, celebrate, you can plan your shower and you can use that information to disseminate it against your community and your friends. So then you're you're creating it. You're making that change in your world and in your bubble. And another thing that you can do because knowledge is power, when you find out, the earlier you find out, you can begin to create a support system of services that are going to help you with your child they're going to help you build a strong foundation for your child. So the different services that can start pretty much right after they're born are, you know, occupational therapy. Probably PT first, right? Physical therapy. Physical therapy later first. Later down the line, speech. But mm-hmm. along with speech, you have, you know, some developmental things that help with strengthening the mouth, like uh, with nursing or feeding or however you choose to feed your your child. There's different things that you can use to strengthen those muscles in their mouth that are going to help down the line with with speech, mm-hmm. right? So you find out, you feel your emotions, you seek out information from healthy, supportive places that actually have the information. Go into different groups from our community that, I mean, the amount of supports that are out there now are... More than we've ever had. I mean, think about the people that we're talking about with Down syndrome that are showing us what barriers can be broken and what can happen when you support someone and tell them they can do things. Mm -hmm. Even 
Chris is 21 years old. That was 20 years ago. The most interesting part of that story and the episodes, we have two episodes with him and his parents. And the most interesting thing to me about that story was, you know, when Chris was born, uh, his father was just handed the word special. Right. That's it. And with that word came different connotations than the actual word. And it was weighted with so much. And Nick talks about... Yeah, the, his dad how, talks about it, the, the daughter who was gifted. Right. And, and how there's a that, whole conversation of the power of That trajectory words. for her life. Right. But how he bought into this definition of special and how that dictated his behavior, opinion, you know, just how he guided and the expectations he had. And it really wasn't until three years ago they changed that idea of, to include Chris as gifted as well. And and uh, it just turned ev- everything around. And it really did envelop the actual meaning of special because, like I said before, running an Iron Man is pretty freaking special. Mm-hmm. So it did. But when it comes down to the actual word, Chris is definitely a very mm-hmm. gifted and, and special individual, which, uh, you know, the truth is we all have that potential in us. And it's about uh, watering those seeds to, if that's going to, to see what comes out, right? What kind of right. foundation do and we so create? If, if you think of your child now, your infant child now has all these supports that are possible. And examples. And examples. And you are there to guide that child in a way that no other generation of people with Down syndrome have gone. And you also have the supports and you Mm -hmm. also have the examples. We go from what we know and what we're seeing and what we're shown. And then we make the decision to make those changes or see more or be more. And I loved what Kamala Harris said in her speech the other night about seeing yourself differently than other people see you and to be willing to be what you are and change the picture that's suitable for for us as parents and with children with down syndrome as well it's completely applicable for making change you're you're making a change and that that's what we're doing now in society we're we're changing and it's beautiful so back to you new parents congratulations and seek that information that is healthy and supports you and shows you the positive examples without boundaries and then you break some more boundaries just know this it's the journey is completely yours and you will have challenges just like you do with any child every child has challenges and we've said this before that we were handed a list with Liam we weren't handed a list with Sophia so all of those were surprises but we can look at that list now and I used to get so mad at that list because I saw it really as a limitation but it was only because all I was being fed was limitations all I was being told was can't all I was being given was pity But now what I want to say to you is take that list and let it empower you. Educate yourself. If there are medical issues, put your support system in place. Take care of yourself. Self-care, be hopeful because science and medicine is, they're there for you now in a way they've never been. And we are overcoming these medical issues And with that power, take this list that's given to you of knowns and use it to empower yourself. Uh, Seek out the supports that you need. 
put a system in for when your child is born and put a system in to support your child as they begin to develop. And I know we're being a little repetitive, but I want you to hear this message. I want you to hear the message of hope. And I want you to, I want you to hear the message of possibility and celebration. So we receive the diagnosis. We have emotions. We seek out healthy, positive information. We put supports in place. And then uh, you tell your family and create a lead that they can follow. And you might experience some negative reaction. And all I have to say about that is something that we uh, talked about with our good friend, Nick Novicki, who is a little person, and he has been on the receiving end of living with a disability. And one thing that we learned from our conversation with him is try as much as you can to let it be water off a duck's back. Yeah, he, he really sets an example of how to... He's a comedian, so he kind of laughs things off, and he learned quickly how to be a quick talker, and, and he could gain uh, some advantage in his own life that way when he felt some adversity. It really showed how your attitude toward it all goes so far. Right, and and how we receive, because I'll admit again that I I would be very, I took things so personally, and I let these words and conversations just beat me down for a little bit. And I remember when I made the decision, I'm just not going to be angry anymore. I yeah. made, yeah, remember we made that? Yeah. I remember walking into the school going, you know what? I'm tired of being angry. Well, Nick said that too. He said, you can't go around and just like whenever someone says something, you just go, oh, I'm going to be mad at that. I'm going to be mad at this. Yeah. Because it's only hurting you. Right. You can educate people in a positive way. So if you create that education system for others in a positive way, you're only putting out positivity, which is only going to, reflect back to yourself and give you a positive feeling instead of anger or yeah. look oh, being the watchdog of waiting for something to be said. You Just know? waiting. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and it's true because once I did shift my feelings about what people said, I just, I know people are doing their best and they're coming from a place of limited knowledge. And so the best I can do is change the perception. So if you receive negative comments or apologies uh, or whatnot, I encourage you to take a deep breath and know that this is your journey and you decide how you respond to it and you decide what you create and you will advocate for your child. And your child is a beautiful celebration whose life is filled with the same possibilities of every child. You know, that's what we say. That's what we bring into, you know, our lives and our days. And not everybody's going to agree with you. And that's okay. Oh, even people in your community aren't, uh, you're in the Down system community aren't going to. You're going to, you're going to talk to. And that's okay. That's okay. Everyone's doing it differently. Everybody. But I definitely see that a positive attitude and hope and uh, encouragement and no limitations. Mm Mm-hmm not only is good for your own psyche and your own emotions and well-being, but also for the well-being of your child. It's mm-hmm. going to open doors. We are going to see, like I said, the greatest move toward achievements that we've ever seen mm-hmm. through the Down syndrome community in this generation and the future generations because of what's happening now, and it's happening exponentially. We talked about it with Chris's dad, Nick. Once Sir Edmund... Hillary got to the top of Everest, it just became a thing that humans did. Mm-hmm. And for the longest, it was thought to be impossible. 
breaking the sound barrier with Chuck Yeager. I mean, you can go on and on. Once you do it and you're the first, it opens the floodgates and we need to ride that wave. Yes, we need to ride that wave to change. Uh, so going on to your the early years, because those are the years that, you know, like with all children, the early years are the most, some of the most important ones. Those are when your child is like a sponge. And what I feel like, and I've always, I don't, this might be completely wrong, but this has been my thought process since Liam was born. So when Sophia was born, I was told this certain years, like, uh, birth to five were the most absorbing years, like give the most input. And I felt like, well, if Liam has a cognitive delay, a developmental delay, then that means that the window of input is got to be larger. Like it's got to, it's got to be a longer window, right? It always made sense to me. It does because, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not going to take just, uh, I'm not going to embrace the negative part of that. I'm going to allow myself to actually be present in that moment with that advice and say, that's a fact or a truth or something that's out there. Let me hear it. And if that's what is, then okay, how can I use that to my benefit? How can I use that to serve my purpose? And how I use that little bit of information is to say, I have a longer window to input into my son during those very precious years. They're more for me. Chris Nikich again. Of course you can continue to learn things. He's a 21-year-old who just a year ago started training for an Ironman and completed a full Ironman. I mean, I, I, I still, I'm blown away. I know it's been no, it's a amazing. day, but you it's should, like... A day. Uh, no, that... Oh, if I said Chris did a marathon... I'd be like, that's awesome. That's amazing. Because you did run do a marathon, yeah. Stephen, and it hurt you. Oh, it hurts. <laughs> but he did do a marathon after he rode 114 miles. And he did that after he swam for 2.4 miles. Nonstop. 16 hours and 46 minutes? Six minutes or something of cardio. Jeez. From someone told by medical professionals, low tone, heart issues, thyroid issues, all these things that you're thrown at. So know what's possible. Know that even what Chris did is just the beginning. It's just the start. This isn't the end of it. No. He's just opening opening the barn door and we're about to fly out. Yeah. And, you know, we, what I was going to say is we were very fortunate that we had an early developmental specialist, Carolyn Benz Fernandez, which you listen to that episode, New Parents. And she has a whole list of different um, tools you can use for development and stages. And she has a great conversation because she's been out there in the community and she's seen changes and, you know, just great advice. And she's a positive person who definitely was uh, fundamental for, for supporting our belief system because she felt the same way. Yeah, actually, episode 13, she act- she lists tools, which are just household items or toys that you can use to work at home, you know, with your child. It was blocks and a books and a mirror and stacking Song, cups, right? singing, just reading out loud and having your child follow along is a great tool to have because as a parent, you even if you feel like, man, I'm getting a lot of services, you could have a service a day. Which we did. Yeah, and people have multiple services a yeah. day. If you have two services a day, that's two hours in the day. And you've got all these other hours where you're going, okay, let's, so let's input, keep this going, right? right? So you can take but I, that One input. thing about her conversation that I did enjoy too was when she talked about just enjoying where you are. 
right? Try to stay present and celebrate everything that's right in front of you. One benefit that I found and experienced with Liam's milestone was actually enjoying them. Mm -hmm. Because you work for you work for a long time. The, the, the number one rule is don't compare, but just be present and enjoy where you are. And that was one thing I think Carolyn taught us and that she reiterates in her interview is to just see it and, and feel it. Celebrate and celebrate each yes, little step. Because with Sophia, it was milestone, milestone, milestone. And we kind of just took it in stride. And it and I don't know if there was as much celebration there as, oh, look, she's walking. Oh, look, she's talking. Hey, she ate some soup today. And I'd get videos and you want to be there for that moment. But I don't know. It was like one milestone onto the next, one milestone onto the next. And with Liam, I think there was a real embracing of that journey and being able to witness it broken down and what each of us did to learn to walk because you get to see, you know, whereas Sophia was like, she's, oh, she's, what is it? Crawling, kneeling, standing, walking, right? But with Liam, you got to see everything it took to get to each milestone. That's one note to tell all parents is that for us, and this may, that this could be true for for a vast majority of of people that have children with Down syndrome, for us, Liam's life and milestones have slowed down. Mm. It slows down. It's in almost like a slow motion sometimes. You really get to see it happen. Oh, it's so it's beautiful. Going, it's going to happen. You just have to know it's going. it could happen later, but it's going to happen. Always know it's going to happen. Never stop short of that goal line because it's going to happen, all these milestones. But you use that to your advantage of that mm -hmm. slow motion time. Really being able to get deep into things and enjoy each moment through it and it's been a blessing where we've been able to truly enjoy something that you look back at is hyperspeed you know yes. you look back at a child's development and it just where are the where are the years go mm -hmm. i mean what parent doesn't say that right so use that to your advantage and use it to, to know that you had those moments to input it may not fly by as fast and you can use that to your advantage. Uh, well, I think also it's just let it wash over you. Let it be present and enjoy it because I feel like we're so concerned, will our child, will our child, will our child, that we're pushing to this goal line, right? Well, now we know, yes, our child will. Yes, our child can and will. So you know that now. So look at this gift that you don't, you do not get it with a typical child. You don't because they are just boom, 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 boom. It's fast and relentless, but you do get to actually participate and witness it and you can celebrate it instead of fearing that something isn't coming, celebrate what has come and is there right before you because it's a gift. And uh, that was one benefit that I experienced with Liam was really enjoying them and seeing them. With Sophia, it seemed like some of them got lost, um, even even the ones where she fell behind on because, you know, different children have different challenges. But with Liam, it was like this slow breath of inhaling and exhaling and just working through repetition. And then just one day without prompting, all of a sudden he would be there and we would celebrate. And we would celebrate with him and we would celebrate him 
And then, of course, we would, you know, <laughs> begin working on the next thing. But we would be there and celebrate. And I'm going to just say last night, Liam's 10. We have been working diligently on speech because speech with Liam does dictate what people think that his ability is. So Liam has a cognitive and a receptive, but his expressive is delayed. So we've been working and working and working. And then last night at dinner, we have this box of dad jokes that I think that was a gift for you that I bought you. It's a box of dad jokes and it's like a hundred cards. And Liam and Liam's 10, by the way. Yeah. But parents will appreciate this when you're in a speech that how changing things up can just really open your mind. Right. So, you know, but, but this is my also example of we we're working on it and we've seen, I mean, witnessing being able to first go from sign language to, you know, just uh, broken language to combinations, all the steps along the way we've enjoyed. And we're seeing just such a great progress in him. But last night as a family, <laughs> we sat down and we pulled out this box of dad jokes and Liam, Liam wanted to tell jokes, right? Yeah, he wanted to tell some jokes. So we pulled out a card and we took turns around the table. Telling dad telling jokes. Telling two dad jokes Everybody each because there's a front and a back yeah, of the card. They're really funny. And <laughs> to see Liam read, mm-hmm. understand it, and then get to turn the card so he can read the punchline and to read it and to see that connection of understanding the joke. Understanding how to tell a joke. And how to tell the joke, yeah. Yeah. This this was a moment. It took some rounds. Yeah, it but it was a rounds. moment for me because he would, what I loved, I think most was, now you and Sophia both reached in and took a pile of, so you wouldn't have to keep reaching in the box, but Liam took like three at a time and he picked his three and just the way, I mean, everything that he's worked for in his lifetime came down to that moment where his occupational therapy and his hand strength could go in with his pincer grasp and take out a card and then he would manipulate it so it was upright and he'd put the ones he'd separate the ones that he's going to save for later and he actually I watched him look through and decide which joke he would tell Mm -hmm. first and then he would take that card and he'd look at it and he'd get himself ready I watched him read it to himself before so he'd be ready and he'd tell, he'd make sure, dad, it's your turn. Mom, it's your turn. Yeah, Sophia, it's your turn. Sometimes there's a word he didn't know and he would he would try to say it and then, oh, he just. At okay. first he was offended because Sophia was trying to help him over her shoulder. He'd be like, I got it because he wanted to show that. And then he got to the point where that ego went away and he would, he would ask Sophia for help to read it. Just for that word, right. It was amazing. It was everything he's worked towards and then just... Physical, in, social, physical, language. Physical, social, language, comprehension, uh, con, con, connection. Yeah, I right. mean, and in that moment, it was there. And, you know, when I don't, I can't tell you the first time Sophia learned how to tell a joke. Right. But I can tell you the moment that I just, I watched it and I witnessed it. And that is one of the gifts. That is one of the gifts we get Mm-hmm. Like Hamilton, when Aaron Burr says, I'm not standing still. I'm laying in wait. Yeah, I'm and, laying in wait. And his ability was just, yeah, there it was. And it was beautiful. And so I want to let you know, you get those moments. Those are your moments. But you have to choose. You really, it is a choice of being there and being present. Because, you know, the the flip coin of that is you know, the frustration of when will they be able to do this and comparing him to another child or 
uh, Sophia when she was 10 or whatever. But if you do that, you waste the gift of the reality that's right in front of you. Yeah. Which reminds me also, and I don't think I've mentioned this before, moms, your baby can breastfeed. Uh, that it was, we weren't really given hope Big in, the, in the NICU. It was a huge lesson because as soon as Liam was born and we started to get these negative attitudes, I was like, nope, my son can do anything. I'm going to advocate. I'm I'm taking down all boundaries. I'm not listening. It was, I mean, right from the go, I was just like a lion. And then uh, he wasn't nursing, so I pumped. I'm like, I'm just I'm going to pump. I pumped for a year. And I said- And we kind of gave up on the latch because he wasn't latching. So he we kind of gave up on that. But well- now go to a website of, of nursing and I'm, and you can find exercises to strengthen their mouth and, mm-hmm. and just like you do with a typical child, a typical baby. So it, even though Liam was building his, his strength probably from the bottle, right. we still hadn't attempted. Because also I didn't have that knowledge and insight and input and experience, but he's right. building that strength. Right. And we hadn't attempted to make this happen again. And it was... And let me was, tell you this, moms. Okay. Breastfeeding is hard with a typical child. So if you have just resigned that you don't even you're not even going to do that. That's great. This is for moms who just like, really, this is something that's important to you. And you feel like maybe, and you're able to do it physically, right, and you're able to create that milk and you feel like that you've lost something and you really want that connection. This is what I want to tell you is that it is possible. So I wanted that connection as well. And I just felt, you know what, Okay, so if he can't nurse, I'm just going to pump so he at least I can at least nourish my child. And pumping is one thing. Pumping for a year <laughs> is is a whole nother ball game. So that's, that's a job. That's something that's I think may not be doable for some people. Too, hmm? Right? I think that was actually a job at one time. Oh, no, sure. Yeah, that actually was a job. <laughs> yeah. But that may not be doable for some people. That's totally understandable as well. But there is the possibility. Right. So no judgment. You do what's best for you and your child. And you take care of yourself because there's a lot of stresses there. There's a lot of other responsibilities going on. So, you know, we choose what our battles are. And if, But if this is something that is important to you, it is possible. And I'm going to tell you what my experience was to let you know that it, it is possible. I went for a year and I pumped and I was all ready to give up. I said, I'm going to pump for a year and then I feel good. He's had a year. Um, yeah. Milk for a year. And then something happened. He hit his head on he the hit, table. He had his head on the table somehow. Some I don't even I don't know. know. But what's important is <laughs> what did that you he do? cried. How did he hit his head? That's no, not important. <laughs> uh, what's important is he that cried. he cried and he was looking for, for comfort. And you, you took so him. So I took him and I held him to comfort him and... He just started he just nursing. Went, he literally pulled your shirt down. And, yeah, started and, nursing. Just and it, it was, it was like that that amazing. Oh my gosh, it was just his instinct. It was so. I don't have words for it, but the lesson for me was that I had said I would never give up on him, and I had given up on nursing. And Liam, in that moment, said, "I can. Don't give up on me." And I know sometimes I fall short. But we're not falling short. We're just being in that moment and we're doing what we can. So you're, you're always doing your best and we have to accept that. But in that moment, I learned a great lesson that I, I do. I, I had gone, I think I had just gotten in rope, you know, I just was doing, doing, doing and forgetting to be in that moment, forgetting to connecting and forgot, forgot that that was a goal or that was something that was a possibility and um, I learned in that moment 
all things are possible, right? And they might not happen, but they're possible. So just keep that hope of possibility and you will be surprised. You may be surprised in different ways, but things like that can only happen with the hope of possibility. Mm-hmm. Change happens with the hope of possibility. Um, and that moment happened, maybe not with my hope of that particular possibility, but Liam knowing his possibility. And the situation presented himself, and he was able to connect. And you know, as a mom, I'll be honest, I had judged myself, and I wondered if he had wanted that moment, or if I had just gotten so caught up in something and just forgot to connect and be with him, and if I had failed him in some way, and I had that feeling. And those feelings don't do anything. They don't help you. You don't control your feelings, but you control your response to them. And my answer to that feeling was, that was my feeling. So I'm going to move forward now with the knowledge. So moms, dads, <laughs> don't, don't beat yourself up. You are doing your best. And just you, you love your child, right? And that's really the most important thing. Take me time. And dads, that goes for you too. Take time for yourself. Find people to talk to. You don't have to be this rock. I think it's about, you know, Stephen and I have gotten through this as a team. And this is, you know, as a team, you need it. And you need to be able to have those conversations and, you know, talk about the challenges or, or how you feel or the, and, and really talk those through because we're talking about our kids. We're talking about our family. We're talking about our bubble. And that digs deep. It's, it's unlike anything else. And the most important thing that I think we've found as a tool is that we truly share the journey and we are a team and that's needed. And I respect and honor the fact that Stephen's feeling the same thing I am. He's going through the same experience as I am. I mean, his feelings are going to be different than what my feelings are. He's going to respond differently based upon every place that he's ever come from and the thoughts that he's had. But it's important for it to be a team and for dads, for as much, for everything that I've said to the moms out there, dads, that's to you too, you know, take care of yourself, express yourself, communicate, you know, what your needs are, your thoughts and your feelings and be gentle and don't judge yourself. You're creating your bubble and that bubble is people who support you and are positive. Yeah. And you know, and that also goes to the pediatrician, find a pediatrician. Yeah. That thinks like you, that has an attitude like you of possibility. And, and if it doesn't feel right, then just change your doctor. Cause there are doctors who feel differently. Cause they're always a great go-to. And there's so many times that you can go to that person and, and talk and, and get advice and also get just straightforward clinical answers. Right. And you know, the great thing is for our pediatrician, I know Liam had to get tubes in his ears and any kind of surgery is so scary, but she did. I mean, it was, um, I don't want to say logical, but it was clinical. This is what the, this is what it is. And she was able to connect with me and support me and understand the emotion that I was going through because it was when Liam was fairly young. And so there's more emotion there than, you know, if he's 10 or 12, it's not as scary because you have some time underneath your belt. So it's really important that 
your bubble supports you and your pediatrician supports you. And with that bubble in place with that family, it's so much easier to face the world and people who maybe don't think like you or don't support what you think and feel because you have that foundation and that, that home to come back to. Yeah. We, she told us about the tubes and then said, well, this is something that typical kids have. This Mm -hmm. is something that's a common thing in children. Uh, Liam does not wear glasses, but we have a ophthalmologist that is straightforward with us and says, this is where he is now. Steven, you wear glasses and contacts. I don't have very good uh, vision. And so Liam could need glasses later on. but it, So could Sophia. So could Sophia, but it would be probably because of my genes passed to them. It's not right. something that has to do with Liam specifically in his Down syndrome. And it, just to think about that, these are all common things that we'll go through. And sometimes you may feel like there's more on your plate. And sometimes there may be more on your plate. But you have the power to ask questions. Always ask. Always ask. A good friend of mine told me that one time. Always ask. And so if you're sitting there and someone's throwing this information out at you and you don't understand even a term or why they're saying something a certain way, you have the power to ask. And I'm telling you, if you have a doctor that says something and then you ask and they don't want to answer your question, that's the first... Or get frustrated about it. Yeah, that's a sign that maybe you need somebody else, right? We have that power. That's our right. That's our choice. So create that bubble of like minds and that's going to go far. So new parents, this one's for you. And the IEPs and the schools and all of that stuff, that's going to come later. And we talk about that in different episodes and we'll talk about it again. But just for now, enjoy every moment. If I knew then, I would have enjoyed it more instead of always striving. There's a difference between pushing and and supporting. I was striving. I was striving to get to this this place of, I, I guess, proving. Because that's what I was, I felt like I had to prove. There's something I had to prove. And instead of that... I would have enjoyed it more and I wouldn't have paid mind to the small minds of prejudice that really have only the amount of impact that we allow them to have. So love the heck out of that kid. Yeah, love the heck out of that kid because your child can. Oh, your child can. Can ride a bike, Mm -hmm. graduate from school. Go go to to college. Drive a car, get married. Run an Ironman, raise a family. Be the president. (laughs) Live on their own, have a job, be productive, give back to you things you never thought someone could give back to you. Anything that you're asking if your child can do, the answer is yes, if you believe it. Allow them to believe in themselves, to believe what they can do. It is a magical journey. Every child, having a child and just being in service to them and, and nurturing that life is a gift to be celebrated. So congratulations. Please follow us on Twitter at If We Knew Then Pod, and you can drop us a line on our Facebook page at If We Knew Then Pod, or visit our website, ifweknewthen.com, to send us an email with questions and comments. And you can join our mailing list there and get alerts of future podcast episodes. All these links will be added to this episode's show notes. Thank you again, and we look forward to you joining us on the next episode of If We Knew Then. Oh